Not much. It's uh the second to last day of Black History Month, and uh, talk to us who we got today. Well, I wanna I wanna close it with one, not close it, but I wanna talk about one particular one, and this is about Frederick Hudson. Now, I love from nothing to something, but did you know that this man spent four years in federal prison? Four. He realized. They didn't give what he did, but he did spend four years in prison. He realized that he needed a way to communicate with loved ones while he was in jail. So he started by encouraging felons to stay connected with their community. He found um, this, this, co this company called Pig Only, P-I-G-E-O-N-L-Y, which allows users to send physical photos um, and greeting cards via um, to the inmates via their phones. He has raised over his company has raised over six point six billion dollars. He has had investments as, as the Social Ent Entrepreneurs Fund, Tim Draper Capital, um, Cap or Capital, and his headquarters are located in Las Vegas, Nevada. And he is quickly reaching one of the top young up and coming black entrepreneur millionaires. Wow. 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 Did you say billion or million? Million. I said million. Wow. That's. That's crazy. I'm... And last one. Oh, sorry. Continue. I wonder why they didn't say what he did. I, I, I didn't, they didn't list the, like, the crime he did, but, but, and I do have one last entrepreneur because I do love seeing young brothers getting money. This one's a starter company, um, Christopher Gray. He's, um, his, so far he's raised over 400K. He's located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He became known for earning more than a million in scholarships to attend Drexel University. He leveraged his expertise to found Scrolly. S-C-H-O-L-L-Y is an online platform that helps students find and finds and wins that scholarship to needs to attend their to attend their education. He also sits on the investment committee of First Round Capital Dorm Room Fund. So it's a startup company. You know, it's for for um, 40k, but. It's slowly growing, so we gotta we gotta give that. And you know it's harder. You know how expensive college is. You know how hard it is to get in. This is a really good thing that he's doing. <laughs> yeah, just <coughs> oh, just from a uh, Shark Tank, I through twelve seasons. I think there's been maybe four companies that help with scholarships, and that's one hundred percent awesome. Um, what this man did, super, super important. And what, what I've learned from hearing all these incredible people, some, some of them got the credit, a lot didn't. And that's not cool. Um, but it's just important, you know. So tomorrow's it. Tomorrow's the last day. I think it's going to be important. Um, and this Tuesday... Check out uh, hold on. Make sure you check out Soul of Nation. It's on ABC. It's this Tuesday at ten o'clock. I I think it's gonna be incredible, important to watch. Um, and a, a lot of famous actors and actresses on there, and important people. So hope y'all check it out. And did you know on this day in nineteen sixty, Terry Sawchuk became an important goaltender in NHL history to record 300 victories in a Red Wings 4-3 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Kirk McLean became the first goalie in Canucks franchise history to record 200 wins on February 27, 1997 in a 6-2 victory over the visiting Phoenix Coyotes. about this information it was a fun fact is they, they were talking they were talking about they were talking about that they were they were really talking about that information because scrolling through the nhl network 
they were they were showing about goaltenders to cricket goaltenders the three hundred victory, and that name popped up. So that's like that's how I knew. But it's a very interesting fact, and I actually and I really do appreciate you dropping a lot of these hockey knowledge for our listeners and for you know for our listeners because it's important to know these things. That's very true. And tomorrow, the golf world is going to be honoring Tiger Woods. Where golfers are going to wear his famous maroon red and black pants. I I think that's going to be special. Um, you know, I think it'd be really cool the last hole if they did like a moment of silence. You know, maybe maybe fifteen seconds for the amount of majors he won. And let's just hope he stays strong and he gets better. And and not even just for golf reasons, just to be with his kids and to be with his family. And uh, tonight's guest is going to be a woman who plays football. And I'm sure James is super psyched about that. Her name is Amanda. And I think it's going to be special. That's pretty cool. To see a woman football player, it's really awesome. I'm really looking forward to this interview, man. It's going to be exciting. Um... And what's really cool is we like. I wonder. I wonder if more women. Oh, we're gonna see more women playing football because football is one of those sports where it's not for the faint of heart. You gotta have a little crazy in you to play some football. That's that's facts. You know, you gotta be smart, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yes, sir. I'm really looking forward to it. And the one thing that's, that has to be noted here is when when you play football, and I wonder if Amanda will say is that I wonder what drives someone to play football. And for me, I just I just lo- I just love being that guy that's ca- that's catching footballs from the quarterback, and also because I'm a little bit of a diva myself, playing playing the receiver position. So I wonder I wonder how Amanda will, will respond. And of course, tomorrow baseball's back, spring training. You know, a lot of teams will play five and seven innings. You know, Yankees are playing seven. Um, I think three out of the first four games. A lot of regulars will start tomorrow. Besides DJ. No, no, no. Besides John Carl Stanton and Brett Gardner, you know, probably uh, up to four or five innings, and it should be interesting. Now, I heard that the Yankees are going to be doing this for the first, I believe, the first three to four games, which makes the question that why? Why? Can someone tell me why? I just want to know why. Because it makes no sense. Last innings early on. Uh, but we're going to get to our guest. So, how, you know, how are you doing today so far, Amanda? Uh, today, you know, today, today is okay. Work, come home, spend time with my dogs, the rest of the night. That's pretty much what my life, my life consists of at this point. Hey Amanda, this is James, the other half of the sports dudes. Um, I just want to know um, what what got you into playing football. Hey James, nice to meet you. Nice to uh, meet you too, Amanda. Oops, sorry, I got that. My dog. Um, so with football, it was actually the first sport I remember taking up. Um, I'm from Philadelphia, Southwest Philadelphia, and. You know, when you're in Philly, I mean, I'm sure it's well known that football is really big in Philly, whether, you know, it's professionally or street football, wherever the case is. So I grew up in Philly, and, um, you know, I have a I have a brother who we're not much far apart. We're about 15 months apart, and we're extremely close, um, and we grew up playing sports together, and we always played football. And I would play with the boys at the park. And, you know, he's extremely competitive, my brother, and I'm extremely competitive. So we would always just try to be better than each other. Um, And I'm I'm just, I'm that type where it's like, you know, you're my brother, but I'm going to, I'm going to be better than you type of thing. So he's kind of motivated me and I motivated him. And my dad's a big Eagles fan. So 
football is basically just instilled in my family. I grew up watching Eagles, a diehard fan. I watch it and I play it. And uh, it's pretty much the first sport that I remember taking up or, you know, being consistently just, just playing all the time. So, yeah, that was, that was probably when I was about 9 or 10 years old. What did you think about Carson Wentz going to the Colts? You know, it, it was kind of expected. And um, it, I think everything went downhill pretty quick, to be honest. But I, I was a huge Carson Wentz fan, obviously, for the first you know, three, four years. It, it, to me, it's just crazy how the rapid decline. But I'm not mad about it. Um, I did like what I saw from Jalen Hurts. I thought, yeah, I think he has promise. Obviously, there's a lot for him to learn, but um, with Carson Wentz, I, I definitely believe he's fixable, and um, I wish him the, the best, but I'm not mad about the trade at all. I think the Eagles probably got more than what we, we initially thought we would get. How hard is how hard is it to play in Philly? To play in Philly? Um, you know, when I did, like in terms of me playing or... In general, Eagles, like... You playing, or like how like the fan base are with you yeah. know, with their egos. Like it's a it, it's a both. How hard is it for you, and how hard is it for like play like Eagles players when they when they deal with with the fan base that is the Eagles fan base. <laughs> the fan base is crazy, and I have an interesting perspective because I used to work at like a financial field as an usher, so I used to basically watch games for free monitor the crowd and everything so yeah obviously we know when you come in you get your seat and i'm that person that basically greets you in there if you need to know where you're, you're sitting i would help you with that and i was lucky i was on the fifth yard line on the eagle sideline it was like the best place you know the best place in the entire stadium and you know just to watch um you know obviously cowboys games redskins the, the divisional games um you know eagles fans are crazy and our, our reputation kind of su- supersedes us and but at the same at the same time, I think it, it kind of you know there's a lot of people who really give us a bad rap that maybe we don't deserve because I, I'm an Eagles fan I, I love the Eagles but I'm not a crazy Eagles fan so not everybody is like that and then also I started off my football career playing in Philly we used to call the Philadelphia Firebirds we played in the IWFL so you know a lot of you know a good amount of people would come out to those games and. The environment, I think, was just a tough, tough place to play in just because it wasn't, you know, you're playing in Philly, which is not the safest place to play. So, you know, I had two interesting perspectives from watching it and, you know, working in it and then also playing in it. And what did you think about Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl? (laughs) You know, one of those people, I'm like, damn it, no, Brady, you just need to just retire. It's more out of jealousy. I mean, obviously, I, I feel like um, he's, he's he's the greatest you know ever to play. There's no there's no doubt about that. His first year, he went with the Bucks and 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 he went to Super Bowl. And I was rooting for the Chiefs because I like Mahomes and and I like Andy Reid, of course, being a, a former Eagle. And uh, I did not expect the Bucks to win, but at the same time, I'm happy for the Bucks. They haven't won in what 2002 since 2002, so. Um, you know, great, great move on their part. Arians looks like a genius at this point. Um, what, what do you think? Um, um, when you play football, what, what was the position? What position that you play? Some of these uh, starting quarterbacks for the DC Divas. And as a quarterback, and this is more because I used to play football. I'm a receiver. How do okay. you deal? How do you deal with um, receivers? Because most receivers, like myself, can be divas. We do like the ball in our hands. We like to think that we're open all the damn time. And, yep. we, and some of us, some of us, kind of have a me personality. So, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? Yeah. So, um, last year, had we had a season, that would have been my tenth year. So it would have been my tenth year, you know, being part of women's football and playing. So I've had the opportunity to, to be a part of teams like like I'm on right now, where there's a, everybody on the the offense and especially the receivers they're very self selfless, and it's hard to it's hard to be that selfless of a player when you have so many dynamic, especially receivers on the team. I mean, we we 
we broke up so many records in 2019. Um, that's 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 league records. That that's franchise records as an offense. Um, passing records. We, we broke so many of them, and that's a credit to the the talent that we had at receiver. And you know, I was very very fortunate to have that receiving core, but also, um, you know, they didn't care if they didn't get the ball. You know, ten times a game. You know, nobody cared. They just wanted to win. And then on the flip side, you know, playing on the teams where it's like, I'm open, you know, throw me the ball. And it's like, okay. Um, so sometimes receivers will call you out as a quarterback. I never do that. So I try to lead by example, and I'll talk to them on the sidelines, say if they make a mistake. I'll say, of course, I'm not going to call you out on it. But, you know, I'm going to tell you and step aside and tell you, listen, you owe me this for dropping, dropping this pass. But at the same time, I have to convey to that receiver that I see it from a different perspective. You know, I have to see the entire field and you see one side of the field at that time. So I think communication is extremely important from a quarterback to a receiver. Um, but I always, you know, do my best to put in the effort to, to just get on the same page with that receiver. It's, it's extremely important. What's been your prep work throughout this past year with COVID? Have you been staying on, on game? fit and all that preparing for next year yeah i think you know throughout the off season um you know i made sure i i stayed in touch with a lot of my coaches of course um kind of like you know what's the game plan what are we looking at hey we're we gonna have any practices or you know i have my my quarterback coach slash the head coach you know he runs his own uh, football academy for his boys and his men's and his college it's college guys, so um, he's he's always invited me out there, and he's he's a terrific quarterback coach. Um, and so with my receivers, there's you know plenty of times, and they they're willing, they they want to get together. They'll they'll create group chats, and everyone will they'll get together every weekend, and that's just a, the the type of team that we have where it's like it's not you know you don't have to force them to practice, and it's not like they're not practicing outside of the actual organizational practice. So, um, so we definitely did a lot of that. We watched films sometimes. We'll say, hey, you know, listen, next time we next time we run this play, I'm going to throw it this way instead of that, you know, depending on how they're guarding you. So there's always open communication. There's always stuff you can do in the offseason. It's, it's the time where you improve the most and you can improve the greatest. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we definitely have that communication. Um, what? Now... The offensive line is most important for, for an offense because without these guys, uh, the quarterback wouldn't wouldn't be able to do what he has to do. Or in your case, um, she. Now, how important is it for you know to coach up your offensive line? Well, not really coach it, but just encourage your guys when you know uh, when you when you're getting sacked or, or you're taking a hit. Like, how important is it to tell to encourage your offensive line to keep their composure? Because I'm sure you're frustrated getting hit. How much is their frustrating and getting beat by a defender? Right. No, and you're absolutely right. Um, everything goes through the offensive line. The offensive line is the first line of defense. And as a quarterback, you see the importance of it the most, right? You know, they're protecting you. You may not see how important they are as a receiver or even if you're on defense. You don't know the importance until you play quarterback. And um, I, I, I always valued my offensive line. There were times early in my career when, I was just always jittering. I didn't trust them. And they're just like, listen, you need to trust us. And, um, you know, I learned when I came to the Divas from, uh, you know, a Diva legend who was a quarterback, Allie Hamlin. Um, you may know her. She, you know, she also, when she retired, she became the offensive coordinator for two years. So I was able to learn the mental part of it. And one of the things I learned early, early on when, when coming to the Divas is that, like, you know, you, when things go wrong, it's on you. When things go right, you know, everybody else gets the credit. Everybody gets the credit. So, you know, there's been times when, yes, you know, they may whiff on a block, but at the same time, going back to, you know, my example with, you know, receivers and how I communicate there, I'm not going to call them out on it. Um, and so I think it's important for them not to get down on themselves because, you know, it's, it's easy to get down on yourself in this game. Um, but I need them more, more than anybody else at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I always try to encourage them. And even, like, every year um, I've been on the Divas, I've been the starting quarterback, you know, there's always been something special I've done for them, whether it's get them T-shirts or, you know, make them something. I've always done something special just for alignment just because, you know, they deserve it, and they're really the MVPs of the game. What's, what's your thought 
when when you play and you see men make stupid comments like, oh, I can do this too, stay in your lane, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I pretty much heard that all throughout growing up, you know, and when I, I told you that I, you know, I played football growing up and I played with boys and there will be times when I'm walking, you know, walking on the field and we're about to play and we're about to pick teams and the players who have never played with me, you know, some of the boys, like a girl, a girl's playing, like what's going on? Why? Oh my God. I don't want to tackle her. And as the guys who would know how I played, they're like, well, if you don't tackle her, she's going to tackle you. Um, so I'm, I'm very used to hearing it at this point, you know, the growth of women's football has progressed dramatically, especially from the start of my career. So there's things that I can, um, especially film and highlights that I can say, Hey, well, watch this, you know, women are just as talented as men. You probably can't even tell that's a woman inside her helmet. If you can't see any hair, you, you can just tell it's a football player. And so I always encourage all my guy friends, you know, to, to come out to games and, you know, I'm very lucky to be around a good support system with um, with men in my life, and they're they're extremely supportive. But of course, there's always going to be the naysayers, negative comments on social media. But I don't pay too much attention to to those who I don't know personally. Um, how important is it for a quarterback to have thick skin? Because the quarterback takes all the credit in victory, and also um takes all the blame for losses. Yeah. Yeah, the position is not for everybody. And, um, you know, I've, I've always said that football and, and quarterback is the toughest position to play in all the sports. doesn't matter what sport it is. This is the very toughest single most position. And when you sign up to play that position, you have to understand what you sign up for. And the mental part really gets you more so than the physical part. You know, I've seen plenty of talented women you know, try to play the position, but they just don't have what it takes mentally. You know, there's it's just mental breakdowns. You have to have a short-term memory. Um, so I think for me, you know, one of the things I've had to adjust to the most out of my career, throughout my career, is to have that short-term memory um, and just move on to the next play instead of dwelling on it. Because obviously, if you're going to dwell on something, it's going to affect your game. Um, and, you know, me, I've always been a very confident player in my ability, so... You know, I've never, fortunately, I've never been one of those players that got down on myself as a player, as a, an athlete. Um, but that can very easily happen if you're going through a stretch of games or a stretch of plays throughout a series that, like, maybe you're losing confidence in yourself. But it's extremely important to have confidence in yourself and to have a short-term memory loss. It's always easy to prep after a win. You feel good. You know, you just want to go back and do it again. How do you do it after a loss? Or, or a bad loss where you just messed up everything, what you went through in preparation for that week just went totally wrong. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very tough, especially when you have such a high competitive drive and you're extremely passionate and you put everything into not just, you know, that game, but just in football in general, right? And, and it's almost a sense where it's like, as the quarterback, you feel like you're almost letting your teammates down because you have the ball in your hands every single play. And, you know, it's very hard to not feel that way. You know, you are supposed to be the captain. You're supposed to be the leader. But um, I think when you have a good understanding of the game and and how wins and losses are formulated, you have to understand that, all right, you know, this is a team game at the end of the day. So it's it's it's, it's something that, you know, you just have a good understanding of the game and, and, and how, uh, you know, how these wins and losses are conducted. But, uh, you know, for me, when I've had some really, really tough losses, being knocked out of the playoffs and that, um, well, obviously playoffs is winner go home. But even regular seasons, you know, I'm always like, okay, this is going to motivate me for playoffs. Um, I'm going to be that much better. I, I watch film endlessly. I communicate with my coaches endlessly. Like, I, I almost start prepping for playoffs if I know who we're going to play after that loss. Like, I'm like, all right, this is what we need to do next time. So I'm always just like, I want to get right back at it. Um, is there, like, any opponents that you face that you figure, like, all right, because every opponent is important. Was there, like, one particular opponent you played where you get extra motivated to play that post that person? Oh, yeah, for or sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our biggest rivalry, and arguably, you know, it's very 
very well known as the, the, the biggest rivalry in women's football is the DC Divas against the Boston Renegades. And um, I was just saying this to a player actually earlier who's a rookie on our team. Um, I said, it's, it's unfortunate that we only have four games this year and we're only playing two, two teams at this point right now that you can't see the full effect of that rivalry. And, you know, game week during that, during that game or for, during that game week, um, you can't really see like, you know, the adrenaline that pumps before the game even happens. And, you know, that, that week, um, so Boston Renegades, we've always had a great rivalry with them. Um, they've actually won the championship last two, two years. They've knocked us out of the playoffs the last three years. So, um, it, but it's great because we know them uh, better than any other team, and they know us better than any other team, and we kind of know what to expect and vice versa. So it, it's a fun challenge on and off the field because you get to know these players um, as well. So I always look forward to it, just like I'm going to look forward to it this year. Hopefully there's a different outcome in playoffs, though. And with not a lot of games, different drives, yeah. how are you going to look to change things from the past? So that you hold that trophy up. Yeah, um, you know, it, we have a very young team. Um, I'd say we have a team that's fairly inexperienced. Maybe I say probably about half our team are rookies. So we have to really do a good job um, as coaches and as vets to get those players ready who have never played a game before. And when they play in a big game you know, in playoffs or, or big game, depending on if we're going to play home or away, we need to win this game during regular season against Boston. So um, we have to do a really, really, really solid job getting these players ready. And, uh, you know, I've had rookies reach out to me, you know, with questions, and that's that's where it starts. You know, you have to be able to ask questions. And I think with the structure of our team, um, there's no gray area of what's expected. You know, ask questions, speak up. Uh, you know, do your, you know, go into your diva notebook, you know, which with your notes, get in the plays, study the playbook. So I think our coaches, our head coaches, did a really, really good job of, of laying out what's expected and players are following it. How important is it, is coaching so important? Coaching is so important. Um, name me some of the best coaches you've had so far in your playing career. Yeah, so, um, you know, Unfortunately, he hasn't been my coach in the game yet, but from what I've seen, my head coach, Barry Thompson, um, I mentioned earlier, who he's a quarterback's coach, and that's how I met him initially, and he's also our head coach now. Um, he would have been our head coach last year had we had a season, but you know, once I found that out that he was joining us, not only as a quarterback coach, but a head coach, I was very excited because he knows the game, and he's very, very detail-oriented, and what he just says makes sense. It's not like you know, it's like, all right, well, you know, you, you kind of question it, yes or no. But no, what he says, it, it makes all the sense in the world as somebody who's been around the game. And I think I know the game, you know, pretty well, you know. But, but you know, he, he breaks it down from the very, very beginning of, of, of the steps. So, for example, you know, we're doing handoffs every single day. We are practicing doing handoffs at the mesh point, right? And and, and it doesn't matter. We can be at the end of the season, we're doing that every single day. So he breaks it down, um, you know, players who have never received a handoff, some of those running backs, he breaks it down the first step, you know, stepping out or, or taking a little shuffle inside, then put your hand up, that type of stuff. So he breaks it down great, um, you know, players are understanding. And then, you know, I would say the the uh, the second best coach, I, I feel like, uh, was my offense coordinator in 2019. His name is Dan Tovar. And, and that was a year we broke a lot of records, and he ran a spread offense. Um, but he, he did a good job of knowing how to create space with our playmakers. And he, he called really, really good plays, creative plays. Um, and you know, we, we were just very, very in sync in terms of how we wanted to um, game plan, how we wanted to call that drive. We were very in sync. So we had a great relationship. So tell me this: when, when, when you're, um, when you're, when you're playing, when, when you're, when you're in the game, and you're seeing like, like when you're getting sacked, there's always defenders talking all that smack. How important is it to, to, to stay cool? Because you see defenders celebrating, like you're like, oh, I got her, I got her, and then like they're, they're celebrating. How do you keep calm? Because that must be very annoying. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I've had it, and I've had it with players who I've never met or played against, and I've had it with players who know me personally off the field, and, you know, they'll purposefully taunt. So those players who will purposefully taunt, you know, that's all out of good fun. I get it. And I'll, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll make remarks back to them just, you know, just out of the fun of the game. Um, but other players who just, you know, are dominating and they're, you know, they're celebrating and this and that, um, you know, again, everything goes back to my competitive drive. I think in my head, you know, watch next time. You know, next time I'm going to spin out of this. Or next time I'm going to get a stiff arm in. Um, or next time I'm just going to roll out. Because, you know, one of the things about me is that I'm still observant with the, you know, during during the play, I'm observant. So I can see a tendency um, in a defensive player, the moment I get sacked, I'll know what I did wrong. And I say, I know what I did wrong because the offensive line can do it. I know what I did wrong. So, um, you know, whether I held the ball too long, whether I didn't move up out of the pocket. Um, so, yeah, so, so I just have to have a short-term memory, and, and I don't really listen to too much, you know, BS uh, with players I don't know. Whose game, whose game do you model yours after in either the NFL or your your league? I love Aaron Rodgers. I am, am a big, big fan. I've been a big fan ever since his uh, first year. I think he did one six and ten. Although I'm an Eagles fan, right? But <laughs> Rodgers to me, the talent is just um, out of this world. And also, I, of course, Patrick Mahomes now he's he's, he's I mean, he makes plays that, you know, players can't make, you know, in the history of the game. But Rodgers just has effortless when he's throwing, he's throwing across his body and his um, his, his mental capacity, right, and his football IQ. And, uh, you know, Rodgers was there before Patrick Mahomes. So, um, I remember I go back to when the Packers played the Cowboys in the playoffs. Rodgers rolled out to his opposite side. And threw like a 40-yard dart, and I think it was to Jared Cook. I don't know who was on the team at the time. But to the tight end, um, I think it was on third down, threw a dart uh, going across his body, and it was perfectly placed on the sideline where the, you know, the tight end just got his feet in. I forget who the, the tight end was at the time. But I was just like, man, you know, my obsession for him just grew even bigger. So Rodgers, to me, his talent is just out of this world. Um. Now, there's always been a debate between, like, I've always said Brady is the GOAT, but um, I've always said Brady is the GOAT, but Rodgers is the most talented. Is there a difference between accomplishment and talented? Well, yeah, you know, the saying, um, hard work beats talent, and talent doesn't work hard. Not to say that Rodgers doesn't work hard, but it's hard to believe that, you know, a six-round pick um, and Tom Brady was ever, you know, was ever thought to amount to much. And there's a reason why he was a six-round pick at the time. So, um, you know, when he came in, he said, to Robert Kraft, I'm going to be the best decision you ever made in your life. Well, he, you know, he worked for that. Um, Rogers was a, was a, was a first-round pick. Um, even though Brett Favre was there, Rogers was a first-round pick for a reason. So, um, you know, I think, yes, I agree with you. Brady is the GOAT and uh, you know, Rogers was is the most talented at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a big difference. You know, Brady had a point, a, a big point to prove, and he still does. And so I, I definitely credit him for that. Um, at the end of the day, I would take championships over any statistical record. That's 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 so cool. That's that's super special. You know, me me being a Patriot fan, big 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 Brady guy, and you know, Boy, for me. For me, it's just, like, Aaron Rodgers hasn't done anything since 2010. You know, Drew yeah. Brees, 2009. So many others have not won. So, the right. fact that Aaron Rodgers has been doing this, no, Tom Brady been doing this for 22 years. Seven championships. And, you know, it's, it's awesome to where I don't think we're going to see something like that. And especially look at Mahomes, right? As good as he can be, he is now 0-2 in the postseason against Tom Brady. So he could win seven more rings, but at the end of the day, who could he not beat in the postseason? What matters? And I know Giant fans are going to get, oh my God, Brady couldn't (laughs) beat Eli. 
but it's a little, it's different. It truly, truly is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, old man's still kicking over there. He's, he's 0-2 against the young gun. Um, you know, now, now I'm sure Brady wishes he has those two Super Bowls back, plus my Eagles. But, you know, you can't win them all, Tommy. You just can't win them all. That's but, mean. Uh, that's terrible. Man, you've been spoiled. They are spoiled. They, see, see, Amanda, Patriot fans are spoiled. They're spoiled. But you know what? I don't hate Tom Brady. I don't hate Tom Brady. You know why? Because all Tom Brady does is makes Eli Manning, you know, he, he goes to his little, his, his, his Super Bowl MVP trophies, you know, he gets the, he gets the Windex. And he just shines it really good. So when Hall of Fame, on when his Hall of Fame days is, is, is coming up, he's just like, ah, Brady's still playing, but yeah. this Super Bowl, this Super Bowl MVP just just keeps shining brighter. So he turns an old rusted MVP to just makes it all shiny and sparkly. So Tom, yeah. keep playing, Tom, keep going, keep yeah. winning. Brady's game, honestly, is so boring, but he just, <laughs> he's very boring to watch, but he does all the little things, and he knows where to throw the ball every single time. He will take, he will be checked down Charlie for 85% of the game, um, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, but that's what makes him him, you know, he takes what the defense gives you, as they always tell quarterbacks, take. it's hard to do that, it, it, it's harder than what it looks to quote unquote take what the defense gives you, you know, like player like me, I just want to. I have a fast receiver that runs, you know, a five, 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 five point one, five point zero, four point nine. I'm just like, I just want to throw deep, you know. And but Brady, he's never had that mindset. He's never forced anything. So I commend him. He's boring as shit, but I commend him. That's that's so hurtful. Also, he's never he's never had that. He's never had that guy with. <laughs> Where you can say, you know what, go get him, buddy. I'm gonna drop it sixty down the line. So sometimes you gotta work with what you have. Right. Uh, offensively, this has the best team, skill wise. He's had since two thousand and seven. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. You know, so yeah. in in a way, what if he did play like that, and maybe he wouldn't be successful. Maybe he'd throw forty percent more picks. Maybe he wouldn't, you know, have the success. Because the one thing he don't do that a lot of quarterbacks do, he's not afraid to live, live another down. If he don't see something, yeah. he'll throw it on the floor, he'll throw it on the sidelines. Yeah. You know, look look at Josh Allen, playoff game. 45-plus yeah. yards and penalties, all because he kept dropping back a billion, <laughs> a billion oh, yeah. yards. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes you got to work with what you have. Yep, yep, I agree. I have a good point. That's a very good point. He's boring, uh, but yeah. He is boring. No one cares about Brady. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. Now, we care about you and what the good thing is about um, winning. Um, what, what, you know, some people play because they love football. Others play for the money. What drives you? I want to go inside a quarterback or go inside an athlete. What drives you to play football? Yeah. Um, for me, I think there's just everything comes back down to, you know, football has always been said to be a man's sport. And I don't know how or when or why I just developed this extreme competitive mentality where it's like I have this, this urge, this huge desire to prove you know, all of society wrong, you know, in a way, you know, that just that consensus, you know, is that, you know, women, women shouldn't play men's sport. So I just really, really tried to, um, you know, I even talked to my, my guy friends and, you know, I'll show them like, Hey, you know, look, look at this game. And then, you know, we get respect that way, but it's, it's, it's a daily struggle to get respect. But I will say that it's becoming more accepting. I mean, you even see in the NFL now, you know, you see women coaching in the NFL. Now we're being acknowledged for our minds, right? We're being acknowledged for um, what we have to offer, you know, to NFL players. And it's always been there. 
Now that's a that, that's a shame, and it, it's always been there. But now, you know, the, you know, the NFL is starting to see it, society is starting to see it, um, and so I think you know the stigma is changing slowly, very very slowly but surely. Um, but for me, uh, just my competitive competitive drive. Um, I just think I was born with it, and uh, you know, you know and I just I just have this desire to prove everybody wrong that uh, says women shouldn't play sports. That's so important, and that's what and that's what we do here. You know, Sarah Thomas, first female to ref the Super Bowl. You know, yep. um, and Sarah Sarah Fuller kicking extra points, and yep. you got to be able to show. You know, little girls see you that they think yep. they could do it too. So when you see little girls, whether it's on the field, they're signing autographs, wearing a jersey, what do you think about, it? and do you try to do something special for them? Yeah, and, and that's, you know, that's a very common um, phrase that we have in women's football. It, we play for her, and her being the next generation um, after us, because we believe that if we really, we really put ourselves out there, we really prove our point, we really put out a good product, we really show that we know the game, then that generation that, you know, the five, six, seven years old, one, they'll see that, hey, I can do this too. Um, and saying that, hey, I want to be a football player when I grow up isn't too foreign. That's not foreign to them. It's doable. It's possible. Um, what? I'm sorry? Yeah, I'm sorry. I think that was my fault. Um, and then also, you know, we're very, with the dealers, we're very big in community work. And one of the things that uh, me and some of my other teammates have done in the past is we will go and we'll speak on like career day. So we'll be invited and the teachers love it. Like the entire staff of you know these schools, it'll be high schools and middle schools, um, you know, career day or just being a special guest and we'll wear a uniform and we'll put in pads and stuff like that. And you see a lot of little girls come up after a game and, or I'm sorry, after we're finished and, uh, you know, they ask a bunch of questions like, I like football. Oh, can I play? This and, that. and so it's great because before that, they never knew that they that, that was an opportunity. But once they see us, they look at us like, you know, we're superheroes. And now they know that they can do it when they get to, you know, our age. And even before um, that, huh? Awesome. Um, before I get to rapid fire, I think I asked one question. And... You have every right to answer because it's, it's, it's going to make Nick upset, but I love making my co-host upset out here in the street. I know that you're you're an Eagles fan, and and they did beat the Patriots to win their first Super Bowl. But don't you find it warming that the Patriots are now this mediocrity team that's not going to win anytime soon? Oh. You, you just love seeing Patriots fans just. Like, I really do. You love it? Oh, please, explain yeah. more. Tell us more. We, 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 I, we, we need to humble Patriots fans. <laughs> I do even more because it's, I told like, my football team we play against the Boston team. You know, they're all Patriots fans, so it's almost like a double whammy. Uh, you know, if, if we beat them and then their Patriots are losing and they're upset on social media, and I just sit back laughing with my popcorn and just reading all the comments, you know. It's great for me because, you know, they've been spoiled for 20 years, literally. And, and you know, Tom Brady's played in, what, a third of Super Bowls or something like that? Some, some crazy 81%. statistic. That was just crazy to me. So, I just, I really just bask in the glory and I just sit back and I just watch them be upset. Because now, you know, they're going to they're gonna go through a little rut for quite some time. You know? I love it. Maybe, maybe maybe they should bring back Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> I uh I just want to remind people that you know there was a game in two thousand and four. I mean you know the Pats the Pats did win, so that you know that that was a tie. You know, so I just want people to understand that. It was tough. It was rough. Yeah, but 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 back then the Patriots were were starting were in their dynasty.
also remember this though. When Brady, when they first had that dynasty and they first won their Super, think about who they had. They had Richard Seymour. They had Ty Law. They yeah. Had Jay, yeah. They had Mike. They had Asante Samuel. They had all and a lot of Hall of Fame players on their team. Now their Cody offense Bruce wasn't. Lee, Deontay Branch. Yeah, they had Deion Branch. Um, Corey Dillon was still a good player when they when they first started. I mean, that was their running back, I believe. When we played against you guys in the Super Bowl, so you guys had players, you guys have Hall of Fame players playing on that team. So you guys always had a top five defense in the early 2000s. So you know it made it easier for Brady. Brady didn't have to do too much; he could rely on his defense. And then when he learned more than that's part of the game, then he just decided to take over, and he didn't need a damn defense. So yeah, but but yeah, yep. Yep, and now we get to rapid fire while Nick is up thinking, think about his <laughs> memories of how the Patriots are no longer going to be in that You ready, Amanda? I'm ready. Okay. Um, what What is um? Name me one of the best games you had in your in your professional career. Um, I mean, I would say my most memorable game would be in uh, 2018. We played against Boston Renegades. We we're down by 22 points. We came back and we beat them. What What was the worst game you've had? Worst game? My first game. My very first game as a starting quarterback. I threw three interceptions. Two of them were pick sixes, and I didn't complete a pass at all. What What would you say um, your um, the greatest <laughs> moment you've had so far in your playing career? The greatest moment I've had was in 2016, when I came to the Divas. I was I came as a receiver. I was also a returner, a kick returner, punt returner, and then I was also a, a DB, and that's when we had a quarterback in place, um, and we won the championship that year, and we, we, we beat Boston in playoffs after that, we, it, throughout that process, and in that game, in the championship, we played the Dallas Elite, we came back from a 13-point deficit, we beat them. I just love you being Boston, love it, love, and, love, love being football teams in Boston. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, two quick ones. Um, were you were you ever named the MVP in your league? Um, were you close. 2019, I was the offensive MVP of the league. And also, and then to add on to that, um, take us through the moment that you found out that you received the um, offensive MVP. Um, I was told. I think the. Uh, I was told, I think right before halftime, it was at a halftime at the All-American game um, in 2019, which was the last year we played. And um, I was just say, hey, I was just told, hey, stay here for halftime. They're going to give you an award. And so I was like, all right, well, that's, that's pretty cool. So it was cool because all the, the players that were on my, uh, my team for the All-American game, a lot of them I played against and I knew them off the field. So they were, they're very supportive and, uh, my my owner, the owner of my team, Rich Daniel, he was there, so it was good to be able to take pictures with him and and be thankful for him to to invite me on the team, you know, from the beginning. So it was a good moment for me. And last question, um, what what is what's the most typical, most important thing if you if a girl listening to this right now and she wants to play football? And she wants to play quarterback. What's the what advice would you give a young girl? I would tell her if you don't believe it's possible, it won't be possible. You have to believe first that it's possible, and everything else will be endless. That's the gateway to making your dreams come true. And you know, I'm a testament. Every other player in this league is a testament that it's possible. Every other women's football player who's come before us. If you think about it, women's football actually started 30 years ago or something like that, before, well before it was even known of. Uh, I think they were called the, the Troopers. Um, and so had I known that when I was younger, I would have thought it was possible. But I didn't, I didn't think it was possible until I was like 16 or 17 is when I found out. So um, if you're listening to it, you, you, know, you can see that you know, I'm, there's, there's living proof that it's possible. Do everything in your power to make it happen because... We're, we're knocking on the door, and it's right around the corner, and um, we're doing this for you. And how much longer are you looking to play football for? When I first started um, in 2011, I made the goal that I wanted to play for uh, 20 years. 
that was my goal to play 20 years. It was maybe it was it was crazy to say at the time, um, but I, I want to play as long as I have the ability and as long as I, um, you know, I can I can walk, I can throw, as long as my body physically holds up, which of course has changed over the last 10, 10 11 years. But um, I want to play as long as I can. There's nothing that would stop me playing because I don't see my passion for football ever declining. Many Tom Brady. You know what? We like that. That's so cool. And, uh, you know, this, this. What about Go ahead. playing music? What? Drew Brees is a grandpa too right now. This, yeah, this exactly. is, you know, you this know, is true, you know, he is, you know, he is, screw, but, screw, but, screw, but, screw, he is done, he is done, you know, Tom Brady's still going, and, you know, he, he could play for another two, three years, you know, nothing has gone, you saw how Drew Brees looked the last couple of years, the last couple of games, he's a broken down man, I mean, Again, Tom Brady at forty three years old, just, just, <laughs> just won a championship. So I mean, he didn't win it with the Patriots, though, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it, Amanda. I love it. I love it. I Tell love the it. people where they can find you on social it. media. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I love it. Yeah. Tell the tell well, the tell, people tell where they can find yeah. you on social media. Oh, um, I do, I do have an Instagram, and I believe it's Kanji Aldi, my last name, Kanji Aldi, six, um, also Facebook, Amanda Kanji Aldi, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a mouthful to, to pronounce it, um, C-O-N-G-I-A-L-D-I, Kanji Aldi, it's very Italian, um, but yeah, I just usually stick to Instagram and Facebook and hundred percent of my posts are either my dogs or football, so they're not very interesting, but they're there. Amanda will wish you best of luck in football and and we wish you good luck in your season and anytime you wanna come back on and you know, recap your games, you're more than welcome to. And thank you for again for giving us a moment yeah. of your time. Very, very nice to meet you guys. It's been fun. And uh, you know, hopefully we can chat soon, sometime during the season. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we, we actually take the championship this time, you know? Yes, and it's, and it's, fun. it's entertaining because, um, you know, it's going to be at the Hall of Fame Stadium. Tom Benson Stadium is where the championship weekend is playing. So that much more motivation to, to play in the championship. I agree. Okay, thank you for so much for coming on. We really do thank appreciate it. Hopefully we have you on again, too. All right, thank you. Take care. Be safe. Take care. Bye-bye.